Big B, little B, what begins with B? Bernie Bloomberg Biden Buttigieg and a bumblebee. What a barrage of bedlam we are in. I got my um, vote ballot so that I could vote in the primaries here. And I open up my ballot. I open up my the list of people I can vote for. And there are 18 names on the list. Um, in addition to the Bernie Bloomberg, Biden, Buttigieg, there was also Booker and Bennett, which I was like, is there something with bees we don't know? These are just the patterns my brain notices where, hmm, what is going on here? Lots and lots of white men that are filled with bees. Um... And I don't know if they're big bees or little bees. They're just a lot of bees. So I, my my ballot, I looked at it and I wanted to cry and rip up the paper and throw it in the trash. And not necessarily because of who was on there, but the quantity of how many names were on there. And it got me thinking about a, a study that I had seen a long time ago. And it was like one of those things that keeps coming up of, you know, how we've done research on our brain and how our brain works. And it was in, you know, 20 years ago that uh, it's a person, a group of scientists did what we call the JAM study. And the JAM study basically took types of jam or jelly, depending on where you're from, I suppose. And they divided up where they gave people a choice of 24 types of jam. And they gave a group of people a choice of six types of jam. And lo and behold, during this jam study, the people with 24 types of jam hung around and stared at the jam for longer. Uh, so they were browsing in the jam section. But the people that were exposed to six types of jam were actually more likely to purchase. And what this study figured out was that the perfect amount of jam to have on your shelf is between 8 and 15 choices, which I find fascinating, actually, that our brain has this range of limit of choices before we completely shut down. And of course, that's a range. Humans are unique. We're hard to study. And for some people, it will be less. And for some people, it could potentially be more. So the phenomena became uh, what we call the overchoice or the choice overload. Too many choices, brain overload. I'll look and stare at them, but I'm going to walk away. And then I wonder, because I, I see these patterns and I see this and I think, what? No one? No one in the primaries for making ballots says, well, you know, you guys, this is a little much. And if we actually want to increase participation in our voting, so there's my conspiracy that I'm putting it out to you. Um, if they, if our country truly wanted to increase participation, we would make participation suit the human brain. Not this jumbled bullcrap of 18 names, half of which aren't even in the primaries anymore, which I, I realize that's not, that's not the election um, committee's fault that, 
you know, Bennett, who crookedly stole from Denver Public Schools in a, quote, legal way, mismanaged and used the money for Denver Public Schools and our property, really. So the uh, buildings that we owned, um, he used that in such a way that he lost millions of dollars to the point where they had to break into our retirement, our para-retirement, and now contribute less And that has been a consequence of his poor management. So when he was running for president, I was like, oh, hell no. Bennett is a crook. What Bennett could have done if he had any uh, integrity at all was to take his campaign funding and pay back to our public schools. Because we have been left in this uh, Bennett-Boseberg mess shocking another white male with the B last name. Um, and I read about these Bernie, Bloomberg, Buttigieg, Biden people, and I think, you know why it was easier for you to move forward? Because you're a white male. And I know we live in this world where, oh, we can get our, you know, bootstraps and, you know, fight in from the bottom. It's actually not true. There's so much research and evidence from history where in neighborhoods um, that were predominantly were built in the suburbs back in the 60s for white families, when white families sold their houses, there were clauses that prohibited selling to black families. So then you think about the neighborhoods where these houses that were built with 800 square feet that probably the white family paid $30,000 and then sold it for $60,000 that now are worth $1 million. African-American families didn't get to participate in that boom of real estate. Real estate has uh, made tons of people rich. But it just so happens that it's white people. And we know that uh, even today in 2020, which I find repulsive, that men still make more than women for the same exact job. So back to my choices and my choice overload idea. Um, I was looking up the JAM study and something else popped up, a more recent study where they... um, were giving people choices about um, what kind of graphic to put on a shirt. And there is, it's, there's much more to consider um, in your brain than what, you know, what seems just like, oh, I'm just going to choose this one. And so they put people in an MRI machine and they scanned their brains and looked at where the blood flow went for where that brain part was active. And they noticed two regions of the brain that actually... Uh, got lit up and stimulated when given choices. Um, They noticed that the ACC, the anterior cingulate cortex, um, was a part of the brain that evaluated potential costs and benefits of decisions. Um, And that's that's where your brain figures out the cost and benefits of the decisions that you're making. And they weigh and integrate those decisions. Like, hmm... What is the benefit of this? What's the trade-off of this? What do I have to give up? 
that is your anterior cingulate cortex. The second area of the brain, the striatum, um, determines potential rewards of your decision, which I think is kind of cool that there's these two separate areas that combine to make decisions and then thinking about how many choices can a human brain look at for these two areas to evaluate and come up with a overall choice for that person to move forward with. And when you think about putting a graphic on a t-shirt, and I think they did, um, they gave people a choice of 6, 12, or 24. And what they noticed is with the 6 and the 12, the the brain area was I, I think it was overstimulated and it was not. So the, the conclusion of the study was that 12 was a better choice. And so now you think of with the jam study, it was eight to 15 with this um, shirt t-shirt study, it was 12. And I, I, I also think, gosh, 12 sounds like a lot to make a choice from. And maybe for some people more, some people less. And then I think about my ballot of 18 people and really it comes down to only a few, but it's too many. And then I think how many people are going to look at this ballot and go, I can't even. And then wait and wait and wait, procrastinate, think about what they're going to do, and then just throw it in the trash. And now they have not participated in the voting process. And of course, the older we get, the more... Um, concerned we are with voting, but maybe that is just a my generation thing because I hear that the younger generation, those millennials that we keep talking about are motivated. They're motivated to get out there and let their voice be heard and make changes. I just heard that Bernie Sanders won the voting, um, preliminary voting in Nevada, which actually kind of surprises me a little bit. Um, so here I am staring at my barrage of bedlam with my bees, wondering how do you pick? Um, how do you choose? And why do I second guess? What, what part of the brain is the second guessing part? So um, the reward of the decision would be... Um, a future that aligns with my paradigm more, maybe, maybe not. Um, and then the costs is what if I put, you know, like what if we put someone on the ballot that, you know, does my, and does my vote in Colorado for preliminary for um, the primaries, does that even matter? And so here I am questioning my vote does it even count and i wonder is that how we keep the masses from voting um we make them feel insignificant in a world where it's a pretty significant decision so i'm going to mull over my bees and decide how i'm going to proceed uh so as you mull over yours and uh, think about our future and um, how you want your children's um, environment. And I do mean both the global as in uh, 
ecological environment as well as the economic environment. I want to ponder that idea that I totally get no one wants to give anybody anything for free. But I also wonder about why is corporate welfare um, and corporate funded programs, why are they okay but supporting people with um, actual needs um, that are in poverty because of a system that we set up where we didn't even let them get ahead. Again, trying to be open, uh, but also, you know, I have that, I have that paradigm of doesn't everyone deserve a chance? So as you significantly think about your insignificance, I wish you luck in selecting that dot you're going to color in.